0: Hello everyone, Celeste your host speaking. Today I am going to talk about lying and deception. Lying on one hand refers to telling someone something that is not accurate. In this sense, it is either verbal or written. Deception on the other hand is much broader. It usually refers to causing someone to believe something false as the truth. But both can leave a path of destruction behind them. I am going to begin my discussion with just five questions. When was the last time someone lied to you? Number two. How many times can you recall a close friend or partner who has lied to you? 3. Do you feel sad, disgusted, or helpless when you are lied to continuously? 4. When someone lies to you, do you tell them this or do you just shrug it off? 5. Have relationships been ruined because of lies and deception? The fact is, why do we often accept lies as being part of human nature? Why don't we just address those people with their own lies? Many of us do not know how to recognize those signs of behavior and often fall victim to all kinds of manipulation tactics and devious conduct. I will briefly explain my background As to why I'm doing this podcast today... My job as a psychologist and criminologist in profiling often overlap each other. In fact, both professions really are beneficial to understand your client, patient and generally speaking Most people we come into contact with on a daily basis, either privately or in business. My profession entails making accurate decisions based on facts from criminal, military, police and psychological records, etc. How often have I sat in front of prisoners and have been told... I am innocent and should not be sitting here. How often have I had dealings with lawyers and doctors who could lie the hind legs of a donkey? Then there were the soldiers wanting to end their services in one way or the other and tried to convince us professionals that they had psychological disorders. Strangely enough, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, was one of the most common. When it comes to pathological liars, it is observed that people who have an antisocial personality disorder, APD, and narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, indulge in lying. A pathological liar is often goal-oriented very focused in order to get their way, for example. They are the most challenging of patients and clients to expose. They often create a great amount of destruction in their paths. The list is long and each one of us have had to deal with family, colleagues, bosses, friends, etc. But in my profession, it is important to read the verbal and nonverbal behavior of our clients and patients, as well as keep a clear, conscious facing dilemmas of all kinds and also human tragedies that people are faced with and where deception is the only way out to feeding in their families or survival against all odds. The digital world has created, unfortunately, a breeding ground for deceptive practices. Social media platforms encourage this phenomenal development, much to the detriment of mental health. We are social creatures wanting to be part of the big picture, but at what price? I have been asked several times if men are bigger liars than women. A study has found that men don't just rank higher than women in terms of how often they lie, they also consider themselves better liars. This is according to researchers from the University of Portsmouth. Men were more than twice as likely to consider themselves expert liars. Who got away with it? Here is a list of some of the more common behavior patterns that we are often faced with on a regular basis without even being aware someone is lying to us. to detect if someone is lying to us. Just about everyone you know tells low-stakes lies but some people even go so far as to lie about important matters that could forever change their relationships, end their employment or even send them to jail. Detecting high stakes liars is often the work of the FBI, and they frequently look to facial expressions, body language, and verbal indicators as signals or telltale signs that someone is lying. There are a number of facial expressions and associated reactions that could indicate someone is lying to you. Some are caused by nervousness, some by chemical reactions, and others by physical reactions. Now it is important to understand how the person in question normally acts. It's best to observe someone for a while as you make small talk or ask innoxious questions in order to see what his usual reactions are, including tics he may have. Then, if he exhibits several lined indicators when you ask more pointed or suggestive questions, and these are not ones he previously performed, you can be confident that he's likely lying to you. Here are some things you can do to tell if someone's lying. Watch their eyes. There is a lot of truth in the old saying that the eyes are the windows to the soul. This is a physiological reaction to him feeling uncomfortable or trapped by your questions that he doesn't want to answer. It's a throwback to when people had to seek an escape route, when they feared They were in a dangerous situation, such as facing a human or animal adversary. Many people want to cover up a lie or hide from their reaction to it, which may be why they put their hands over their eyes or mouths when letting an untruth out. Keep an eye out for rapid blinking. A person will ordinarily blink about 5 or 6 times a minute or once every 10 or 12 seconds. When stressed, for instance, when someone knows he is lying, he may blink 5 or 6 times in rapid succession. Exceptions to the usual blink rate mostly have to do with production of dopamine in the body. For example, a person with Parkinson's disease will have a noticeably slower blink rate than what is usual, while a person with schizophrenia will blink more rapidly than normal. Count how long someone closes their eyes. When a person closes his eyes for a second or two, this may But not always indicate he has lied to you since this is a type of defense mechanism. Normally a person will blink at a speed of 100 to 400 milliseconds or 0.10 to 0.40 of a second. Pay attention to the direction they look. When you ask a normal right-handed person about something he's supposed to have seen, if he looks upward and to his left. He is truly accessing his memory of the incident. However, if he looks upward and to his right, he is accessing his imagination and he is inventing an answer. Left handed people will usually just have the opposite reactions. And some people will stare straight ahead when trying to recall a visual memory. Let us just take a short break for a moment. Right. back again take note of what you are asking them if you ask about what a person heard his eyes will shift toward his left ear to recollect the sound he heard but if his eyes shift towards his right he is about to fib The key is in what they are trying to recall. His eyes will shift downward and to his left if he is going to tell you his memory of a smell or touch or sensation, such as a cold draft or a terrible odor. But his eyes will shift down and to his right if he is going to lie. Bunched skin beneath and wrinkles beside the eyes indicate a real smile. When people genuinely smile, the skin around their eyes bunch and wrinkle. Watch their hands as well. A chemical reaction causes people's faces to itch when they lie. Also keep an eye on what they do with their mouths. A person's mouth will often go dry as she is lying. She may do a sucking motion, pursing her lips to try to overcome this. When their lips are so tightened that they appear pinched and wide, this can indicate lying. Take note of any excessive sweating. Sweat may appear on the forehead, cheeks or back of the neck. And you will likely observe the person trying to wipe it away. Now, sometimes when there are two people in one room asking perhaps somebody who has committed a crime certain questions, there is somebody standing behind the person checking their sweat or perspiration on their neckline. So, you know, there's always reasons why we check these body symptoms. Right, in some instances, notice when the person blushes. Now, blushing is an involuntary reflex caused by sympathetic nervous system. This activates your fight or flight response and many people can't control it and is also a response to the release of adrenaline. Pay attention to which direction they also shake their head. Often when people tell the truth, they will nod their heads simultaneously in agreement with what they are saying. But if they shake their heads in disagreement with what they have said, their bodies are betraying their lie. Right, let's take a real good look at people's speech patterns. Now, this is very interesting for most of us out there. One telltale sign someone may not be telling the whole truth is irregular speech. You know, with a lot of practice, you can train yourself to identify Speech patterns. When a person's voice or mannerisms of speaking may change when they tell a lie, a strategy of identifying a person's regular speech patterns and mannerisms by asking typical straightforward questions such as what their name is or where they live. This allows us to see any changes in speaking or characteristics when we ask more challenging interrogative questions. I normally like someone to phone me and I just want to hear their voice on the phone. And often I pick up a lot of indicators that either they're lying to me or telling me the truth. And often this is almost 100% right. When I get those results, it's like a sixth sense. There's another thing is when they do not say enough. When truth-telling witnesses describe what they saw and are asked, is there anything else? More details are revealed. But when liars are asked to go beyond their prepared stories, few to no other details are offered. This is called, liars who deceive by omission, who when asked to answer questions or provide more details, typically offer less than those telling the truth. This can be quantified through transcripts of phone calls, witness statements or noticed by an absence of descriptive words in a conversation. Another way we researchers verify the truth is by asking people to tell events backward. Truth tellers will stick to the same story while offering more details, while liars or people who try to deceive you often get tripped up and create a different story while not adding detail to the original. Now, there is also those people who really say too much. This is on the flip side. Researchers from Harvard Business School determined that liars trying to deceive stretch the truth with too many words. The biggest mistake you can make since such a liar may make up things as they go. They may also tend to add excessive detail to convince themselves or others of what they are saying. Now I like to focus on numbers because I know that numbers never really lie, but they can catch you out. And often these people who stretch the truth really have no clue about mathematics and statistics because the numbers start to change, just like the words start changing, to excessivity. And I'm going to repeat again. Since such a liar may make up things as they go, they may also tend to add excessive detail, to convince themselves or others of what they are saying. They may also embellish with words that a person telling the truth wouldn't think of adding. Other linguistic cues revealed in the study show that lies tend to use more profanity and third-person pronouns. And this is very interesting. For example, he, she and they. To distance themselves from any first person. For example, I, my and mine involvement. Now, we go to a section about the unusual rise or fall in vocal tone and cultural bias. An important point is raised around culture, the context and communication regarding detecting lies. There's a doctor called David Matsumoto, a professor of psychology at San Francisco State University. And CEO of HumanTel, a consulting company that trains people to read human emotions, emphasizes that researchers must consider cultural bias when determining if someone is lying or not. For example, his lie detection research found that Chinese participants tend to speak with a higher vocal pitch when lying, In direct contrast, Hispanic research participants spoke with a lower vocal pitch when lying. Very interesting. Right, now we come to the last part of our podcast today. This research shows really that nonverbal cues for line can correlate with cultural differences which should be considered rather than judging only from one's own cultural beliefs. You know, we must use this also as a benchmark statistic. And as I said, we're coming now to the end of this podcast. And what is interesting is, you know, when people point, now this finger pointing, literal or figurative, The act of pointing at or towards something or someone else with gestures or words may signal a surefire desire to take a focus off of an individual and place blame onto someone else. Of course, knowing if that person normally gesticulates or finger points frequently can be a helpful baseline. However, if someone speaks in a measured demeanor as opposed to a hostile one, that includes finger pointing, this aggressive switch may indicate someone is lying to you. Now we're going to conclude this conversation today. And while the signs listed above are based on quantitative Proven by numerical data and qualitative, confirmed by description research, no single technique should be used alone as a determining factor for catching someone in a lie for personal or law enforcement purposes. Researchers do their best to design studies that isolate specific evidence, but every situation is unique. And should be handled carefully depending on circumstances. Now it takes a lot of experience dealing with all kinds of people from all walks of life to be able to use these interesting tips here today as a guideline but it is by no means the most perfect method. You really need a lot of experience as I say with many different types of people different working groups cultural um, uh, types of situations and really the more experience you have the better you will become thank you for listening to my podcast today and i look forward next time to greeting you with some more interesting facts from my job and also sharing with you as well some very wonderful, beautiful podcasts that I have planned for the next couple of weeks.